a schoolgirl and her six classmates travel to her aunt's country home, which tries to devour the girls in bizarre ways. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. And speaking of randomness, this month we are reviewing movies under the theme of How the Fuck Did That Kill You? And to round out this month, we are taking a look at the 1977 Japanese film Haosu, known in America as House. In case you were wondering how to say house in Japanese, it's apparently just Haosu. So uh, let's just uh, dive into it here. Our top and bottom three uh, technical difficulties here. Uh, let's start with the bottom three. What was bad about this movie? Number three, the names of the people in this movie are just fucking dumb. I mean, come on now. Can we be less explanative in the, in the names? Fucking Melody plays instruments. She's, she's musically talented. Fantasy imagines things all the time. Prof, as in professor, she's the smart one. Sweet. I don't. I don't fucking know. Kung Fu is badass and and beats shit up and does flips and and fights and and stuff. Mac is the fat one, uh, supposedly. You kept calling her fat. She doesn't look fat. fat. I mean, I don't know if it's Mac as in like McDonald's or macaroni and cheese. I'm gonna say macaroni and cheese because I love macaroni and cheese. Um, and then Gorgeous, who they keep saying is so beautiful, and she's so gorgeous and wonderful looking. Um, just, the names are fucking stupid. Number two for me, uh, you forget at times that there are subplots that are introduced in this movie, because you do get very enthralled a- a- by the main plot and what's going on in the house and all the insanity that's happening. And then all of a sudden they cut away to their their teacher trying to make it to the house because he got a bucket stuck on his ass and couldn't make the the train, which magically turned into a bus that they were all riding to get to the house. Um, And there was also another subplot with the, you know, girlfriend, fiancé of Gorgeous's dad that they, like, forget about for... 80 of the 87 minutes of this movie. Until, like, the very end of the movie where they, she shows up again. Um, and then number one for me, I, honestly, I don't know what the fuck is going on for half of this movie. Just shit is flying ar- across the screen. Squiggly crayon lines are appearing everywhere. It, it, fucking cats are, are running around and meowing and, and balls of light appear and... And people get eaten by random stuff, and severed heads appear, and skeletons dance, and I, just, I don't know what the fuck is happening. There's a lot of style in this movie, and it's kind of hard to follow at times. There, there's a lot of hallucinations. So, uh, so yeah, those those are my bottom three for this movie. Paul, what about you? For number three, uh, it's kind of it's kind of like yours, except uh, I like the fact they all had really obvious names. It was kind of a um. I felt like it was kind of making fun of the horror kind of genre where, like, characters are very one-dimensional. Like, all the characters were deliberately one-dimensional. It was part of the humor of it. But because they were such, a lot of the jokes were kind of obvious. Like, um, even though I thought the scene where Melody gets eaten by the piano was funny, like, it was kind of, you could see that coming for the most part. For number two, because of how the scenes jumped around, it made it really difficult to tell really what was going on at the time. Like... 
I couldn't tell sometimes if it was a flashback scene or, if it, like, jumped forward in time, like, I don't know, 50 years or whatever. It was just, it was very kind of hard to follow because of how it jumped around. And then at one point, the frame rate slowed down on the movie. And I'm like, okay, is this is this the streaming service that's slowing down or is it the actual movie? And it turns out it was the actual movie because it, it, it happens several times, like, specifically when one character is being featured in the scene. It was a very odd, like, stylistic choice, uh, to say the least. And for number one, just because we watched this movie, it was uh, subtitled. Um, it's, we watched the original Japanese version of it. And the problem with that is if you look down or you, like, get distracted by something, you've missed, like, a whole thing in dialogue, and you, you, you really have to pay close attention to it. And that's, that's just a, a problem, Nate, with, um, with movies that are subtitled that you don't speak the actual language of it. You, you actually have to, like, sit and pay attention. Yeah, I, I'm not into paying attention to things, so... So so yeah, those are those are the bottom three. I mean, to me, it's it's kind of minor stuff, except for not knowing what the fuck is going on through half of the movie. Yeah. But I mean, hey, whatever. In a way, that kind of made it fun. It's just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, like, why, why is that happening? Why why is there a, why is there an owl flying across the screen now? And then kung fu like punches in the face, like yeah. Um. Okay. So the top three for me. Uh, number three was just kung fu. The character Kung Fu, she's just badass. They they walk into the house and fucking shit starts flying up, flying around, and like the chandelier shoots these crystals down into the ground, and and one of the crystals tries to kill one of the girls, and Kung Fu flips and she like kicks the shit out of it and it flies into the wall, and uh and then like any times like someone's scared in the house, or they have to find somebody or they're they're trying to check something out, Kung Fu's like I'll do it. And she, like, assumes a fighting stance and, like, goes head first. And, and then at the end of the movie, she's literally fighting the house. It's a person fighting a house. Number two for me was the piano death scene. Now, some of the death scenes are pretty good in this movie. But the piano death scene just takes the cake. And it takes Melody, too. You know, she's playing the piano. It chops off her fingers. Then it chops off her hands. Then it eats her, and then she's like popping out and popping back in, and crayon gets scribbled over it, and it's just—it's so ridiculous. It's drawn out way too long, but it—it it, it doesn't matter that it's drawn out for like three or four minutes. It just—it's hilarious the whole time because it's just other stuff. Limbs are flying, blood is flying, fingers so are still ridiculous. playing the piano. Amazing. It, it just—I loved it. Number one for me. Um, was the tone of the movie. I mean, this movie never once took itself too seriously. Or serious at all. I mean, and even between the, the, the actors, the actresses that were in this movie, how they portrayed their characters, the fucking dumbass names of the characters, the, mu funny. the music, um, how the environment was set up in the rooms of the house, the death scenes, everything is done in a way that it's like, seriously, we're not, this is not serious. You know, this is meant to be fun, and you really can't misconstrue that. Paul? For number three, I love, like, the over-the-top and just really lively acting of the movie. It just never stopped being entertaining. Like, everyone was just constantly had a lot of energy. It was really fun to watch. 
the fast-paced camera mo- motions and scenes were really unique. They cut to like cartoon-like stuff. The flashing lights. It was just, it was very interesting. I've never seen a movie quite at, stylized in this kind of way, and that was really interesting to watch. And for number one, the style and humor of this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, everything just kind of clicked together. It was such a ridiculous plot. It was simple, but ridiculous. And it's everything that, like, that, that they chose to do, and it seemed to complement that. So, they definitely had some really smart people working on it. So, I was really able to appreciate that. Um, the stylization actually kind of, sort of, a little bit reminds me of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I could see that, yeah. Um, just because of the over-the-top animation aspects thrown into the live-action bits of the movie. Whereas, you know, that was a mainly animated film with some live-action elements. Well, I don't know, it was well, like a 50-50. I think that, like, with, um, like, with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it was, um, basically showing you how ridiculous, like, the Toon world was when contrasted with the live-action world. Whereas this one was just kind of having things to embellish the live action stuff and see how ridiculous that could be. And yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from. It was like at two different angles, sort of. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we're supposed to have a quote war here. Quote war! Quote war. But I don't have any quotes. I got a few of them. Oh, shit. I think Paul's <laughs> going to take me out here. You look like a witch in a horror movie. I don't have any quotes, Paul. I, I've got a list. Read something. <laughs> just take one. Let's be friends. Dad's disappointed us, Mom. This is my first trial in becoming her mother. It's all right. You're a stylish stylish princess. I can't believe this could happen in this world. Hey, don't touch my butt. It's uh, unscript... Unscientific. Oh, it's unscientific, unexplainable, unnatural... Unreasonable. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's about the best quotes you're able to find. This Shit. movie is kind of short on the quotes, but it's it's probably a translation thing. Well, as, as I definitely lost this quote war, um, you can tweet us or, or contact us or whatever. Uh, leave a comment here on SoundCloud. Tweet us at bmoviebros. That's all one word. Find us on Facebook, b-movie, space b-r-o-s. That's bmoviebros. Um, tell us your favorite quote of this movie. Have you ever seen this movie? What's your favorite part of this movie? Uh, you know, anything you want to say about it. Or to us. You know, wh- whatever. We'll take anything. Uh, let's get into our final take here. Paul, on a score of 1 to 10 on our shot scale. Now remember, our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10. 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? I'm going to give this movie a 2 out of 10. Alright, now don't let my score fool you. But I'm giving this movie a 7 out of 10 on the shot Holy scale. Holy shit. Now, Paul, why did you give it a 2 out of 10? Alright. House managed to keep me entertained throughout its entirety. It was It's bizarre, funny, and has a unique style or styles that keep you surprised through each scene. The characters are entertaining, deliberately one-dimensional in what I think what I think was meant to kind of poke fun at the horror movie characters, but each character still managed to have their own charm. The plot of this movie was intentionally straightforward, but became really confusing as it progressed. There were a ton of plot points that never got explained, and some of the artistic choices were strange, to say the least. Still, a movie where the cat is the main villain is 
definitely worth your, worth your time. Okay, I'm just gonna say right there. Have you ever seen the movie Cats and Dogs? I unfortunately did. Or Cats and Dogs, the the two, the Revenge of Pussy Galore, whatever the fuck it is. You know the cats are the main villains in that, right? So yeah, but it, those are, are those worth your time. But those were where like the. But cat... you just said where a cat is the main villain, it's worth okay. Your time. And a a comedy like horror film where the cat is a demon and. Okay, I'll put all these addendums. It has to be a demon. It has to be a horror film, preferably Japanese, ridiculous, and not fucking cats and dogs. Okay. So if this movie is House, yes, <laughs> that's my addendum to that. Okay, fuck, uh, cats and dogs. Where the fuck it was called? I saw that in like theaters years ago. It was fucking awful. So here we go. Um, I gave this movie a seven out of ten on the shot scale. No, remember six out of ten. No seven. Oh, well, seven. It's it's right here. I have it written. Well, I was trying um, to defend it. Now here we. Go. This is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but so much craziness happens that it just makes this movie so much better to drink with it. You know the random animated sequencing and special effects and the character interactions are interesting and really do keep your your interest well enough and, and very entertaining. Uh, the story is easy to follow, but some of the pop- plot points are lost in the madness and the subplots that really should have been left out of the film. You know, it's a no hold bar Japanese killer house movie, and this just this really takes the cake on them. You know, forget Zhuan and just watch Houseu. I would give this on a regular scale, like a seven out of ten. It's a good movie, but because of how fucked up it is and how silly it is. I think you really need the drinks to help you cope. Movie was made for drinking, basically. Now, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. So even though Paul gave this a 2 out of 10 on the shot scale, I gave this a 7 out of 10. We both agree it's a good movie. We like to give everybody an A movie companion to go with the B movies that we review. You know, an A movie is just, it's a higher class movie. It's better quality, higher budget, whatever. So we're each going to give... This movie, Haosu, from 1977. An A-movie companion. Paul, what's your A-movie companion? My A-movie companion is 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley Kubrick. Mm, good, good choice. Um, I'm going to have to go with Monster House from 2006. That CGI children's movie. In both movies, the house is alive and evil. Y- y- you know what, on, on second thought, just, just watch Haosu. You know, fuck Monster House. Just watch Houseu. Monster House is a very okay movie. There was nothing about it that was spectacular. It was just okay. Yeah, and and, and yeah. Whereas that's House that's why I'm just like, amazing. wait a minute, never mind. Houseu yeah. is a much better movie. Don't, don't Monster House is a worse version of Houseu. So let's hear about 2001: A Space Odyssey. Right. So b- both movies relied heavily on the artistic style of the director in both in both movies. Um. They definitely had a lot of artistic choices um, with uh, st- like color and the way the camera angles were. It was um, like it, like anyone who's seen a Stanley Kubrick movie knows that every um, every frame was like a work of art for him. He was very meticulous in how it was filmed, and everything had a reason. And how to like just the the speed the way of the camera, the random cartoon scenes is. Everything that went on was, like, obviously chosen for a reason. Uh, both movies moved at a, a pace that was really unusual for a movie at certain points. 
In 2001 at Space Odd, a lot of scenes moved very slowly. And this was to show um, just how things in actual space travel would be, like actually how long it would take. And in House, it, things tended to move very fast to cover more ground to like basically get to the next scene, and that was uh, part of the style of it. Both movies took place primarily in one location. 2001 A Space Odyssey took place primarily on a spaceship, and House took place primarily in a haunted house. And both movies had the actual location trying to kill its inhabitants. In 2001 A Space Odyssey, the computer system, the HAL 9000, believed that the mission they were on was going to be a failure, and therefore tried to kill the crew. In Haosu, the various items in the house, such as the pianos, the beds, and just everything around, tried to kill the girls inside because, you know, demonic possession and all that shit. So that is why 2001 A Space Odyssey is an A-movie version of Haosu. Sounds legit. So I think that brings us to uh, our last segment here. What everybody wants to know is how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. My, I'm going to give you some drinking games for uh, Haosu, and then Paul's going to give you some drinking games. <laughs> so from me, number one, every time that you see boobs, drink. Number two, anytime the movie becomes a cartoon or has cartoon elements, take a drink. Number three, every time there's sparkle magic, drink. Believe me, you'll know it when it happens. Number four. Whenever Kung Fu is a badass, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it is How the Fuck Did That Kill You Month, every time you think or say, How the fuck did that kill you? Take a drink. Paul? Anytime the scene moves in fast forward, take a drink. Anytime Mr. Togo randomly is shown, take a drink. Every time Blanche the Cat randomly appears in a scene, take a drink. Anytime one of the girls screams, take a drink. And every time the ant um, appears to be possessed by some kind of demon, take a drink. And those are your ways you can drink away this flick. And that brings us to uh, pretty much the conclusion of how the fuck did that kill you, month. So now we have to give our final ranking of these movies. I'm going to go with my rankings first. Uh, we had five movies this month. Bottom spot, number five had to be the movie Rubber. The tire movie, it just, it didn't work for me. Just so much went wrong with it. Uh, number four, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. Nothing goes wrong in it. Nothing really goes right. It just kind of exists. But it has less wrong with it than Rubber for me. Number three, Killer Condom. It was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Number two, Haosu. It just, it just takes it up. From Killer Condom. It's absurd. Um, it's hilarious. It's got a straightforward plot that you can't really get lost. Except when too much shit is going on at one time. And um, I just, it, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, number one for me, the stuff. You can't go wrong with Killer Ice Cream. And, and, and Chocolate Chip Charlie. And fucking... Everything that was bad about that movie that just made it, like, one of those legendary B-movies. It's just so bad, it's good. Paul? 
Alright, for number five, I have to put Deathbed, the bed that kills. Because I've already forgotten almost everything that happened in that movie. I know that it annoyed me, and that's about it. It was that forgettable. For number four, I'm going to have to go with Rubber. This movie was pretentious as all hell, and it was really annoying, but it had some scenes that were kind of entertaining, so I'll put that above Deathbed. For number three, I'm going to have to go with The Stuff. The Stuff was one of those so-bad-it's-good movies that you can't help but love. For number two, Killer Condoms. This movie was very entertaining. I enjoyed it very much. And uh, it's one of the few movies on this list I would watch again. But for number one, I'm actually going to go with House. This movie really took me by surprise. It was unique, it was funny, and it was overall entertaining in just about every scene. I I had to put it at the top one. So, yeah, that's my ranking for this month. And there you have it. So, uh, you know, as we end How the Fuck Did That Kill You Month, we are going to enter next month, which will be February, with that oh-so-beloved holiday, I guess it is, St. Valentine's Day, where you celebrate love and peace and whatever the fuckity rickety rackety that you celebrate then. I don't think I've ever heard of that holiday. But since it's about love, I figure next month we can do Inbred Redneck Month, because what says love more than inbreeding? That's what St. Valentine would have wanted. So, you know, join us next month as we'll be taking a look at uh, at some wonderful inbred redneck movies. And um, we're going to be starting with Inbred Redneck Alien Abduction. So, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back for more. <laughs>